Episode 61, Genesis 20, verses 1 to 21. Shadows of the Lord's future kingdom. In this episode, we will hear about another visit to Egypt, which mirrors a previous story, but with many differences which serve a different purpose in our understanding of why things are the way they are. The chapter begins, Abraham left Hebron and travelled to southern Canaan. He stayed a while between Kadesh and Shur. Then he moved to Gerar. After the insert story about Lot and his daughters, now the narrative returns to Abraham where we're told that he journeyed from where he had been staying in Mamre to the south. God inserted Lot's account as he had done several times already in Genesis, for us to look deeper into it and understand that he is the God of the chosen line leading from Seth to Noah to Abraham and later to Isaac, Israel and the twelve tribes leading to Jesus. But he is also the God of those outside this chosen line and he will use people from all groups and nations not only to lead to Jesus, but to be used in the furtherance of the gospel now. A picture of the church age. God is working through all people to secure rights as sons of Abraham through faith. But he is working through the chosen people to establish land and other rights of the people of Israel. This is why we see both a main story and then interludes as well. Verse 2. Abraham told people that his wife Sarah was his sister. This is the same thing he did in chapter 12. The Bible never rebukes Abraham for what he did in either account, and therefore what God hasn't called into question, we need to determine why, and not call it into question as well. Verse 2 continues. Abimelech, king of Gerar, heard this, so he sent some servants to take her. Sarah is now about 89 years old, and Isaac is expected to be born within the next year. With her in the king's household, this could be problematic. We have to note here, though, that it doesn't say she was beautiful like it did in Genesis 12 at Pharaoh's house. Verse 3. But one night God spoke to Abimelech in a dream. God said, You will die. That woman you took is married. It is God, or Elohim, the creator mentioned in Genesis 1 verse 1, who comes to Abimelech, and he does it in a dream. He is expressing himself as the eternal power which is prior to the creation, and he who formed man. In this expression of himself, and in the next three verses, we'll learn a bit about how God deals with men. Appearing in a dream is something that happens throughout the Bible, and when it happens, there is no doubt who controls the dream or who is speaking. When God speaks, we should have no doubt who is communicating with us. Remember this as you read your Bible. Verse 4. But Abimelech had not slept with Sarah, so he said, Lord, would you destroy an innocent nation? In his response, he says, Lord, using the term Adonai. In other words, he has knowledge of the true God, not just as one of many gods, 
but rather the one true creator, who is also active in the world since the creation. Verse 5. Abraham himself told me, this woman is my sister, and she also said, he is my brother. I am innocent. I did not know I was doing anything wrong. To this point, there wasn't any fault, because they both spoke the truth, and Abimelech took Sarah, as he says, in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands. He tells God that he is guiltless. Verse 6. Then the God said to Abimelech in the dream, Yes, I know that you did not realize what you were doing, so I did not allow you to sin against me. I did not allow you to sleep with her. Only after Abimelech calls him as Adonai does it say, The God. This then is noted in distinction to any other false god. There is one God, and Abimelech understands this. There is one God, and there is one way to acknowledge him. He is the God, and he kept Abimelech from sinning against him by keeping him from touching Sarah. In other words, God's plans and God's purposes are being carried out and nothing can thwart them. When we sin against God, it is because of our free will choices which he has factored into his plan. But if a sin would interfere with that plan, then he keeps it from happening, either actively or passively. The result is the same. Verse 7. Give Abraham his wife back. He is a prophet. He will pray for you, and you will not die. But if you do not give Sarah back, you will die, and all your family will surely die. Abraham's offices of priest and prophet are joined together here, a foreshadowing of the work of the great priest and prophet Jesus. Verse 8. So early the next morning, Abimelech called all his officers. He told them everything that had happened in the dream. They were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham to him. Abimelech said, What have you done to us? What wrong did I do against you? Why did you bring this trouble to my kingdom? You should not have done these things to me. This is no rebuke but a plea of innocence done in a very pious way. They are terrified and want to know what they've done to have Abraham set them up like this. Verse 10. What were you thinking that caused you to do this? Then Abraham answered, I thought no one in this place respected God. I thought someone would kill me to get Sarah. If they knew Sarah was his wife, they might abduct her or kill him and take her as a symbol of the victory over him. And by doing this, his clan would be subject to them. Abraham has been in Canaan long enough to know that polytheism and idolatry were the norm. And thus there was no fear of the true God, because there was a reliance on the false ones. Verse 12. And it is true that she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but she is not the daughter of my mother. Sarah 
is the daughter of Terah, Abraham's father, but she had a different mother. There is a priority in everything we do, and there is a hierarchy of standards which we must submit to. The saving of life is more important than the telling of a lie in order to save that life. Hence the Bible commends Rahab for the lies she told to protect the lives of those hidden on her roof. In the case of Abraham, he didn't even lie, he merely hid something. There is a good life application here, and one that we should stop and note. Faithful people have, in the past, lied and committed acts against oppressive governments, and yet they were in the right. Think of those who hid Jews during the Nazi regime. Verse 13. God told me to leave my father's house and wander in many different places. When that happened, I told Sarah, you must do a special favor for me. Everywhere we go, tell people I am your brother. Then Abimelech gave Abraham some sheep, cattle, and male and female slaves. Abimelech also gave Sarah, his wife, back to him. And Abimelech said, Look around you at my land. You may live anywhere you want. When Abraham was in Egypt and similar events occurred, Pharaoh sent Abraham away from them, back to Canaan, as fast as they could go. But here, Abimelech offers him not only to stay, but to choose any place he wishes. God is using these real events full of real people to ensure that his chosen people will rightfully have access to the land of Israel that he has given to them. God has worked since the first man on earth to secure this line of people and to bring them to this land. If he has done this to people he knew would reject him, not once, not twice, but continuously for thousands of years, don't you think his plan for we who have accepted Jesus is just as marvellous and binding? Verse 16. Abimelech said to Sarah, I gave your brother Abraham a thousand pieces of silver. I did this to make up for any wrong that people may think about you. I want everyone to know that you are innocent. In this verse, the future 1000 year reign of Christ comes to mind. A time in which the Lord will make up for the wrong which came into the world when the first kingdom was overthrown, when Satan tricked the first king, Adam. After the rescue of faithful Lot the judgment on sin, Sodom, and now a time of restoration on all peoples which extends outside the promised land whilst also establishing it. A certain closeness of the Lord is also in view over the blessing of new birth. Verse 17. Then Abraham prayed to the God, and the God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his servant girls. Now they could have children. The Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's house from having children. This was God's punishment on Abimelech for taking Abraham's wife, Sarah. This is how God kept Abimelech from uniting with Sarah, as it said way back up in verse 6. God kept him from touching her, because he was physically unable to do so. Finally, we have to mention that the very last verse we just read says the Lord Jehovah is the one who took this action. For the first time in this chapter, the divine name is brought in to show that he is the God of the work of salvation of humanity. Without Jesus, there is no hope, no hope at all. What happened to Sodom 
and what would have happened to Abimelech and his kingdom is what would have happened to us as well. But in these stories is a picture in the sequence which matches the pre-millennial dispensational theology. 1. Lot rescued at the gate, shadow of the rapture. 2. Judgment on cities on earth, shadow of the tribulation, including mercy and judgment and a certain protection for God's people. 3. Mystery of children being born. King David knew he would see the baby boy who died again. 4. Shadow of the Kingdom Inauguration Children are not mentioned as the reason for this curse we have encountered here. Instead, it is introduced at the end in the positive aspect. The bringing in of baby life is mentioned. And the Lord is now more visible to the whole world, ruling from Jerusalem, pictured by the appearance to the king of the Philistines and his household. By having the same story, but different, appear is a clue that there is some important reason for this story. Having a confidence in God's certain plan brings hope on many levels. Do you know someone who lost a baby before it grew? There is a hope. This hope is dependent on faith in Christ Jesus. Also, in two of these stories is a picture of this need. The unrepentant life of sin illustrated by the people of Sodom and its destruction, a picture of the fiery punishment which awaits, the restoration and alliance with the people of God, pictured by Abimelech and the mercy he received, is a picture of our restoration through Jesus. Hallelujah and Amen.